0: Hey there, guys. It's your girl, Nick, and welcome to another edition of the Bow Nose Business Podcast. I am delighted to be your host and the founder of The Bow Collective. We are 52 amazing Black women who have scaled our businesses, each over $1 million. And each week, you hear a new story from one of my Beau sisters. You will hear how she became an entrepreneur and how she scaled her business successfully and any tips that she has for you as well. And today is no exception. I am delighted, very delighted to bring up my sister, Cheryl McLean. She Has an amazing, okay. I got to get a a better adjective, something fantastic, dynamic, um, firm that she can't wait to tell you guys about. We're going to check it up. Miss Cheryl, how are you, my sister?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm so happy to have you here. So listen, you know, I have known you for a couple of years. I, I admire you from a near and far. You are just the most stylish thing going. You know, you do it effortlessly and you bring us all up just by being in your presence. So we are so mm-hmm. grateful to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit, tell us the name of your firm and, and what, you do for a living?
1: Okay. So uh, my firm is McLean and Turquie and I am an interior designer. I'm, I'm a trained architect. And what we do is a little bit of architectural details and lots of interior design, um, designing commercial, multifamily and high-end residential.
0: Perfect, perfect. Turquoise. I am just so glad I didn't go out on the limb girl. I would have jacked that every time I messed it up. So, turquoise, turquoise. I
1: love and that. Where I'm from?
0: Yes, but tell me tell who is what is the
1: turquoise? Well, turquoise is actually my maiden name. I'm from New Orleans. So, you uh, know Absolutely. I heard that with us. I couldn't let that go. Oh, so. I
0: know. Oh, that's
1: gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Yeah. So my last name is McLean. My uh, maiden name is is Tercey. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So speaking of
0: New Orleans, speaking of Louisiana, tell us what little Cheryl was like. What were, what was your family, your home life like? That first chapter, we love hearing our both sisters' uh, stories about their childhood because it always gives a little glimmer of, you know, what's to come. So how about for you? So, um...
1: I am from a whole matriarchal family where the women were all very powerful, all educated, go-getters, that sort of thing. And actually, um, though we didn't always live with my grandmother, I remember living with my grandmother, my mother, my aunt. It was like one big extended family. And that's what you did in the South in those days. You know, everybody didn't go out and, and get a place, even when you were married, you still mm-hmm. lived within those compounds because that was what was available. but um I am from women who are educators, most of them. My mother's an educator, my aunt's, my grandmother was you know, so um I'm from a household where reading was really important, church was really important um, and I, th- I was blessed to have a family that it just seems like everybody was creative in their own way mm-hmm. and they held on to it. So um, I stayed in New Orleans until I was about 12. And then I was part of the Great Migration, which is what black families did. Wherever the railroad stopped, that's where you moved to. So the railroad stopped in Chicago and then it went on to California. So my family went on to California. And um, I grew up there after that, did all my education there, you know, my elementary, high school. Um, I got my master's in architecture in California. And then I couldn't wait to leave (laughs) (laughs) because I just had this I had this. Very unrealistic, but it was okay. Dream of what it would be to live on the East Coast. I got it. And but usually we look, I'm a
0: California girl too, girl. So either you stay on the West Coast or the or the, or the yep. other coast. And, yep. and so we are very different, right? Yep. We, we yep. came on out here.
1: Yep. Well, two things I've learned. One, if you're from New Orleans, you're always from New Orleans. So I carry all of that. That richness of history and 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 flamboyantness, mm-hmm. I carry that with me. And then I got the California cool because I can't leave it, you know, as part of me. So, <laughs> so the relaxed kind of, yeah. even though today I might not be relaxed, but that kind of West Coast vibe, I carry that. And so coming here was interesting because. It was at first it was hard for me to find my niche because everybody was so tight, you know, yes, and me too. <laughs> I'm like, OK, we're going to loosen this up a little bit. And in the design world, I felt like on the commercial end, they were just trying to redesign the Kennedy Center. And mm-hmm. then on the uh, hospital, on the uh, residential end, it's just what other colonial can we make? It's like, OK, we have to break this. So I found the. Came into my own, you know, brought all my flavors from all my places with me. And I, you know, now I've got my style of designing, which is great. I love it. I love (laughs) it. You
0: you said so many pearls um, and one I'm, I'm stringing together this beautiful bow necklace because without fail, everyone has said that education you know, exceptionalism, that was a value. That was something that they got somewhere along the way, whether it's parents, grandparents, etc. But that was definitely in their DNA. And, you know, I love the fact that, you know, you're from, Cal- you're a Cali girl, you got that New Orleans flavor and you brought it to the East Coast. Everyone always says to us, I wonder, did you ever hear you're not from here, are you? Oh
1: yeah, all the time. You get that all the time, all the time. Listen, my 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 husband, who's he's originally from North Carolina, but he grew up in D.C. But when I was cooking and stuff, um, if I wasn't cooking in the New Orleans style, I was just you know just preparing a simple meal. It's like, oh, you making that California stuff, aren't you? That's that. That's that. That's that healthy stuff. That's that yeah. weeds that we, that we don't eat. You said that. the weeds. Weeds. We don't eat that. It's like wait is this is a salad. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: Hilarious, yes, hilarious. I love it. I love it. So so I definitely I got the, the the how you were how you were raised what your values were so entrepreneurship the next chapter right how did you open your business you know and not only you know what were the circumstances surrounding you opening it opening it but you know one of the things that we pride ourselves on uh, with the collective is being able to scale those businesses to a million plus. So tell us a story about how you got in and then give us a nugget about that scalability. How did you take that business from, you know, a vision to really scaling it so
1: successfully? So I've had many careers in things along the way, for sure. And, and I, I'm i so glad I have, because with each, I took with it all the treasures. You know, I didn't just leave it. I just brought all the treasures, all the things I learned. When it was time for me to, this is after I got my master's in architecture and I I had moved here. And I was trying to make it, you know, trying to see, do I want to go into corporate architecture? Do I want to go on my own? I've always known that I'm not a corporate girl. I, I've had you know bouts with IBM. I worked for IBM for a while. I worked in 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 um, even Johnson and Johnson. I knew I was never a corporate girl, and I really wanted to be on my own. Now, I say that because most designers they want to be designers, and there's it's like in any field, whatever the profession is calling for, the trade, the 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 talent that is very different than the business. So you got to have, you have to love it both. You can't love one and not the other if you're going to go in business. And I did have that in me. Um, My father was a great example of that in my younger years. My father used to own the baddest nightclubs in New Orleans. You know, he was, he was all of that. Okay. Oh, I love so, it. Um, you know, I learned, I learned What he thought was necessary, I do not believe, but was the struggles and the things you have to give up if you want to get into entrepreneurship. So I was able to take that knowledge and make decisions about how I wanted to navigate this separately from what he did and learn from what he did. So I didn't have to make those same mistakes.
0: Okay.
1: Um, If I had to give a nugget in anybody going into the business... It's don't be afraid to fail because failure is the best thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. with that.
0: Tell also about one of yours, you know, I'm I'm the queen of the pivot game. And I I tell people all the time about, you know, how my first business um, was open and closed because you're right. You learn so much, but people don't like being vulnerable. They don't like showing their their challenges. Tell us about one of yours, but also tell us how you recovered from it and, and went on to the next.
1: Well you know i'm i'm old school i'm i've i've been raised by parents who are old school so you don't stop and you don't give up you know that's just like not acceptable so that's just in my dna but i think i think ideally um what what made me pursue and persevere and that sort of thing is just having faith which was very much a part of my life, you know. Yes. Um, I say it every day, twenty times a day, even though I don't act it all the time. And that is, God is, you know, in charge of my life and affairs. I say it all the time. Uh, faith is essential because if you're in faith, you're not in fear. Yes. Um, so that has helped me a great deal, you know, move forward and move through the the challenges because there were challenges because. I had, nobody, I had no mentors here when I came here. I really didn't know anybody. Yeah. Um, the the small time that I worked in an architectural firm, I was the only, it was a black firm, but I was the only female. So it didn't matter if it was black or not. It was, you know, oh, they have a, that's yeah. a whole nother subject. I know, but I didn't true. have mentors. I didn't have somebody, because I was away from my, my nest. I was away from LA. That's I was away from New Orleans. So I had to go deep in myself and just really, um, get comfortable with who I am and what I want. And uh, to know that no is only saying not now or not this way, but not no, never. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Yep. I love it. No, I love it. So so you, um,
0: let's get back to scaling your business, right? So we have a lot of people that follow us. We're so blessed for the both fans and and our tribe. So we want to take them from, you know, they're out on their own. We know 90% of of businesses are solopreneurs, right? And so I always ask uh, my both sisters, tell us that one, two, or three decisions that really catapulted you from being, you know, a solopreneur to scaling it to the business it is today, what were some of your biggest
1: decisions, best decisions, best decisions um, One of my best decisions was to attach myself literally to organizations that supported the kind of business that I was in okay. that I wanted to be in. You have to have some mentorship, and you know i if you don 't have it, you have to go get it so for instance um you know, there were other organizations, of course, before Bo, because Bo just started. But I have always believed, you know, I was I'm in WP, uh, WPO, I'm in. Uh, there's several. There's a lot in the industry that I'm also uh, part of, and getting those CEUs and talking to other people in the business, and not mm-hmm. just talking about what you like, but what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes back to that education again. Because you also can't run a business if you don't understand how the business is supposed to be run. Um, and that's reading everything I could read, finding somebody that I could look up to and say, hey, look, I'm just starting. I just want some hints. Give me some give me some wisdom. Help me, you know, understand more about what I'm I'm, I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that a lot. Um, I had no hesitation talking to people that I did not know, to ask them for some help. So that was the first thing that I did. And then, of course, the second thing was read everything that I could to support that. Um, And I think just those two Mm -hmm. got me really, really, really far. And the other thing is we get real caught up because we're struggling. You know, we feel like we're struggling to the outside. We're not, but we feel like we're struggling because we're working so hard and we're doing this and we're running and we're racing and we're, but we're not stopping and smelling the roses along the way. Mm -hmm. And we're also not stopping and appreciating other people's roses along the way. Mm -hmm. So when i started doing that i was like oh this is pretty cool i you know this is something that i'm attracted to yes. i i kind of slowed myself down and um just started taking life's lessons and and trying to work it out in my head and trying to understand it um so i I, I I assume that everybody does this. I don't know. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. But, it's true, yeah. but but I know successful people have a lot
0: of similarities. And what you're saying about educating yourself, um, the re- building, developing relationships, um, those are constant. Those are the pearl necklace that the both Sisters are all saying that they. Believed in themselves unequivocally that they were not afraid of failure because the thing they were doing was just such a part of their DNA that um, it was not an option. Right? It's not an option to just know. quit. You. This is in your in your fiber. But um, but I love what you said about you know um, keeping God at the the forefront of your life when you know that that positions us to keep everything in perspective, right? That, you know, mm-hmm. things are not uh, so up or so down. God is our source and we and, and it will, as long as you are being true and believe in yourself, the things
1: typically pan out, you know? Universe opens up that, you know, it sounds like woo-woo stuff to some people, but I live it. So it's, it's you know, it's life for me. And, um, you know, he's my publicist. Yes. <laughs> He's my, you know, I can name it. He's my oh, banker. Exactly. I mean, He's my financier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what it does is when you, when you can, can start putting your mind in that vein, yeah. it gives you just a, much, a, a little bit of room to kind of push the fear away. Yeah. And then you can move forward because Definitely. we're all talented and we yeah. all got it. It's just getting to it. You know, and being and being able to bring it forward, and if you could, if you could focus on that, you know, keeping God in that perspective for you, you um, you you'll, you'll be okay. I I you know, it's it's weird because people say you're an entrepreneur, and it's like really, I you know, I'm I don't think about it that way, you know.
0: Doing you, you're doing. Yeah, I'm just what doing you're me. Do. I love it. Well, I so I I think. This is a wonderful way to put a little bow on the end of our Mm, interview. Wrong side. No, you got it, girl. You got it. So yes. Tell me about the bow collective from your perspective. Tell us, um, as you mentioned, we're a new organization, but what does it mean to you to be a founding member? And what, um, what, what are you contributing? Um, to it in terms of role and responsibility. And finally, what is your hope for it? What do
1: you hope happens as a result of this organization? So I'm gonna answer the last one. Uh So I look at Bo Collective as a powerful, powerful instrument that Black women can use to step out in the world. And I mean, really, really make an impact in your family life, in your communities, In the world. And um, it's a support system that nobody outside of that could understand. You know, Um, it's a sisterhood and it's a place where you don't have to worry about guarding or being competitive. First of all, we're all from different industries. And if we're at this level, we've all been through it all. (laughs) Sure <laughs> you know, out. there's no free rides in this, in, in entrepreneurship. There, there just isn't, unless you know, you're born to, to Elon Musk or something. And I don't even know then, you know, right. you, have to, you know, you've gone you through the, the work and you put the work in, you've gone through the trial. So we have that in common, but we have, you know, we have that special bond of being black women because we were, we are, constantly being subjected to things that other women are not being subjected to, and we need to know how to deal with that and move forward. Yes. Um, I, I was very excited when I was invited to come um, to be a part of this. Um, I, I love passing down and teaching others to be able to step up, and we, we're doing that for each other. We're nurturing each other. Yes. Um, we're all at different levels of things and, and we're different ages. So I like the different ages cause I get that young energy and then I get that old world stuff that I come from, you know, and kind of mix it all up. And it's just nothing but good stuff coming out of that. Um, I um, It's new, but, and it's gonna, I think it's going to take at least a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we all want it, like right now, I think it's gonna take a couple of years, but I think, um, just looking at what we've done so far and what's happening so far, everything is a step up, a step positive, a step up. It's going to be really, really positive and really strong and impactful. And, you know, I just think that this ought to be the place where all black women who have, you know, who are entrepreneurs, this is what you need to be seeking. This is where you want to be. We're going to get it together and make it strong. This is where you want to be. So I love it. No, I love it, sister. And and you had mentioned about the sisterhood.
0: You're, you know, you are one of the fellowship um, chairs, the squad, and you guys are so gracious to me. You know, I have all these dreams. Tell us what what does the fellowship add? We all talk. We know we're trying to get the money. We're trying to get the contracts. Why is fellowship? Um, important um, in your mind, mind, in, in, in the squad's mind?
1: Well, I think that one, we're learning how to develop a deep, deep trust That that most of us have been out on our own and we weren't allowed to trust yeah. because it was a little dangerous out there, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So now we're learning the trust. And in that trust, we're learning about each other and we're when you learn about somebody, I, I have some great women on my, in my little group, I great women. And I just think when they're talking, I'm listening beyond what they're saying. I'm listening to um, the knowledge that I'm getting from them. Just little things, but things that, that I could see made them so special that I could even use or at least try to use. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a trust and there's a learning and there's a bonding. And um, so fellowship is about that. It's about relax, chill out, get that California vibe, even if you're not from California. You know, and let's just, you know, be real and get to know each other and help each other. And we will be all right. I love it. I love it. Well,
0: I can't believe it happened again. This time went by so fast. Can you tell our audience, our beau fans and sisters, how can we stay
1: connected with you, Cheryl? Okay. So I am, well, I've got two things. I'll give you my website because that's where I'd like you to visit. So it's www.mcleanenterquee.com. I'm going to spell it because I already know. It's you know in- what? I
0: ask you one better. Put okay. it in your title there, so they can they can see it. Can you change your your name?
1: I think I can. I can. I will. Uh, yeah. I should have had you do that in the beginning. My
0: my marketing. I was too excited. I uh, I forgot the basics, girl.
1: No worry. No worry. So there we go. I love it. There you it. go. So you you visit my website on my website. I have my email, I have my phone numbers, I have my work, I have whatever you want to know is about me. I'm pretty open book. It's on the website. Yeah. Are your beauty <laughs> secrets on your website, my sister? Oh. oh my
0: gosh, Ageless. you made some deals down yeah. there in New Orleans.
1: That's those New Orleans jeans. What I can love. I tell you? I
0: love it, dear. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I just learned something new yet again. You're amazing. And thank you for saying yes uh, to this podcast, to the Bo Collective and and being our sister and trying to do something great.
1: Great, great. I hope to see you on the 5th. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: And that does it, you all, for another edition of Bo Knows Business. Are you guys as excited as I am? These women are just dynamic. I hope you're getting the pearls. Share this podcast, like it, send it to your friends, follow us on our website, social media, everything, because we are just trying to educate the world about Black women and entrepreneurship. So happy you joined us. Take care.